Bibles and go to John chapter 5, please. John chapter 5, verses 24 through 29. Now, we have been going through the Gospel of John over the past, I lose count, however many months. We've been going slowly through the Gospel of John. And so some of you are thinking, wait a minute, you've already moved past John 5, you're in John 6. But there was a part of John 5 that talked about resurrection that I kind of touched on back then that I want to spend a little bit more time on today because today is Resurrection Day. Christ the Lord is risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, I like that. Hallelujah. I love that hymn. How many of you are fans of the Gaithers? I love that hymn. Because he lives, and this is what it says in part of it, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living just because he lives. Jesus' resurrection changes everything. You know, we are not gathered here today because Jesus died. Anybody can die. The statistics bear that out. Ten out of ten people will die. No, we are here because Jesus rose again from the dead. That changes everything. Have you ever met someone that died and then just came back to life? I hope so. You met one, but there's nobody else. That can do that. Anybody can die, but can you come back from the dead? And as he has come back from the dead, that means that he has power even over death itself. Listen to these words from John chapter 5. Jesus speaking, he said, I assure you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. I assure you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in Himself, so also He has granted to the Son to have life in Himself, and He has granted Him the right to pass judgment. Because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, because a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good things to the resurrection of life, but those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of judgment. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word before us. We thank you that the sun has risen. We're thankful, Lord, that that big bright object is in the sky. We're more thankful that the Son of God, God the Son, King of kings, Lord of lords, has risen from the dead, and He has proclaimed peace to all who surrender to Him. Father, I pray that You'd give Your servant Your words. Father, I pray that You'd give us the ears to see Christ, the ears to hear His voice, 
the hands to receive him. Father, we praise your holy and good name as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Life, I love that, that part. Life is worth the living just because he lives. And Jesus died and rose from the dead. And because Jesus is alive, we do not have to fear death. We do not have to fear death, not because we have made peace with death. Have you ever heard that before? Well, I've made peace with death before. Let me, let me steer you into a much more better direction than that. I don't necessarily want you to make peace with death. I want you to make peace with the one who has conquered death, Jesus Christ. By rising from the dead, he has proclaimed that he is over death. He is in control of death. And what happens for a Christian at their death is that death grabs them, but then Christ says, let them go. Let them go. They don't belong to you. They belong to me. Peace Jesus gives us. And we should have peace with God through Christ. And that comes through what Christ has done on our behalf. I like 1 Corinthians 15, 26. It tells us that Jesus has defeated death. And Jesus' resurrection is important because it serves as proof that he is the Messiah. It serves as proof that he is the Christ the Son of God. And because Jesus rose from the dead proclaiming who He is, what's, what's good news for us as well is that because Jesus rose from the dead, He will enable us to rise from the dead. Because Jesus rose from the dead, all who are Christians shall rise from the dead to a new and glorious life. And the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 4.14 that those who have died in Christ before the resurrection day will come with Jesus on resurrection day. And we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Because He lives, we live. Because of His resurrection and defeat of death, death, for those who are Christians, has no hold over us so that we will rise as well. And for our loved ones who have died in Christ before us, they will be resurrected. And then we, as it says, who are alive and remain, will be changed. I remember my dad used to say, and I remember this as a little kid, he would say that these graveyards are just going to look like plowed fields. That's all it's going to be once, once the resurrection happens. And I want to spend a little time this morning in talking about this resurrection. Because of Jesus' resurrection, we will be resurrected as well who are in Him. I want us to see how this resurrection is different from our current life, how it is similar, how it is bestowed, and how it is essential. First, in speaking of the resurrection, there's a few ways that this is going to change things and make things different. First, we are going to have new bodies. Woo! Amen. Hallelujah. Our current 
earthly bodies are going to be cast away and we're going to be given new glorified bodies and I'm going to have some nice wavy jet black hair and it's going to be glorious, literally glorious. I can't wait for that. Our, our new bodies and our, our current bodies are mortal, they're perishable. And we suffer from the effects of sin. Physically, we suffer from sickness, broken bones, diseases, and death. This became very apparent to me as I foolishly made the mistake on Friday of jumping on our trampoline. I'm hurting. (laughs) Trampolines are not made for anybody over 20. I don't don't know. Hmm. It's right in, the, right in my lower back. I'm like, thank you, God, for that object lesson. But physically, we hurt. Spiritually, mentally, mentally, we suffer from depression, from mourning, from grief. There's many of us that are currently grieving. Our new bodies are immortal and imperishable, and as I said before, do not suffer from the effects of sin. There will be no more sickness, there will be no more tears, there will be no more grief. And this is hard for us to imagine, hard for us to fathom, because we cannot, it's hard for us to imagine a world free from the effects of sin. Sometimes, if you're like me, you feel the over bearing weight of anxiety. Have you ever had one of those moments when you wake up in the morning and you don't know what day it is? Have you ever done that before? It happened to me yesterday. It's like, what is, what is today? Have you ever had one of those moments? This also happened to me, to where you just, you're in that moment of you're just waking up and you kind of ask yourself, what was I so worried about yesterday? You know, you're in a pretty good mood at the moment, and you're like, what was I so worried about yesterday? Oh, yeah, that. And then it's like, it all comes crashing down. It's hard for us. When we talk about resurrection, new bodies, Satan is defeated, there's no more sin, there's no more grief. I mean, that, that, that sentence is in the Bible, there will be no more grieving hard for us to imagine because our lives, we are well acquainted with grief. But in that day, we won't even know it. It will be that joyful. That's what we're promised. And we're promised that through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's given us proof that that's true by rising from the dead. We also, and I talked about this a little bit, but uh, our bodies are going to be new and death is going to be gone. In Luke chapter 20, verse 36, Jesus said that those who obtain this resurrection, they cannot die anymore. Isn't that a remarkable statement? They cannot die anymore. And, and why is that? It, he says it's because they are like the angels and are sons of God being sons of the resurrection. Now, real quick, 
It doesn't mean we become angels, but like the angels, we will live forever in our new and glorified bodies. Freed from the bondage of sin, we are freed from slavery to death because the wages of sin is death. Sin brings death. Jesus conquers death. He resurrects us. He, he gives us this glorified new body that's free from sin. And, is, and as it says, I'm not saying it. Jesus is saying it. You cannot die anymore. That's when he says eternal life. And if Jesus said it, it's true. Now let's talk about how resurrection is similar. First, you are still you. I am still me. Those who obtain the resurrection of the righteous remain themselves. I love where the, the story of the thief on the cross. There's so many things you can take away from the thief on the cross. And I remember Kyle preached about that about a year or so ago. The thief on the cross, there's so much we can learn from that. And in this instance right here, this thief is crying out to Jesus for help. Lord, remember me. And what does Jesus say? He says, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. You, you will be with me. We will remain ourselves. We're not going to, we're, we're going to get new and glorified bodies, but it's still going to be you. It's, it's amazing. And I could insert a whole bunch of jokes right there, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bite my tongue and let it pass, okay? And it's still going to be me? Yeah, all of you, just all of you. But what does this mean for us? It means that we are embodied souls. Have you ever heard that before? We are embodied souls. You are more than just a body. You are more than just flesh and blood and bones. We are beings with an eternal soul. And it just so happens that this eternal soul is in a body. And this body is going to die, and when this mortal body dies, our eternal soul, if you're a Christian, will immediately reside in the presence of your Lord Jesus, awaiting the resurrection. That's if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, your soul will abide in a place of torment, awaiting the resurrection. At the resurrection, our eternal soul will then reside in an eternal body. And consider Jesus' answer to the Sadducees in Luke 20, 38, where they were trying to trick him, and Jesus said that, he, that God is not the God of the dead, but of the living, because all are living with him. And he mentions Moses at the burning bush. And he said that I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And in other words, he speaks of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as living, not dead. Did you catch that? Moses is at the burning bush. 
Moses is many years after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the Lord is speaking to Moses and saying, oh yeah, from your vantage point, they're dead because they're not here anymore. But from my vantage point, they're still alive. I still know them. They are with me. Their souls are living even though their mortal bodies perished long ago. And what that reminds us is that death cannot hold us. Death has no power over us. One of the greatest fears that people have is dying. It's always one of the top fears that are listed, death. But I'm here to tell you, as a Christian, you don't have to fear death. Say that again, Pastor. I don't think I heard you. You don't have to be afraid of death. It's not that you're looking for it at all moments, but you don't have to be afraid of it. How would our lives look if we lived every day without any fear of dying? How would that change what we do? how we speak, how we act. What effect would that have on the level of our anxiety and fear and worry? You know, people in our society are trying to make it so that they can live forever. They're going to want to try to put computer chips in our bodies. They're going to try to make us cyborgs or something. You think I'm doing hyperbole here. No, I'm telling you the truth. They are trying to make it so that we can live forever, and they want humans 2.0 is what they want. Look it up. Not right now. Look it up. They want humans 2.0, human beings, but just better. We've already got humans 2.0, the resurrection, the glorified bodies, and the nations are going to rage, and the nations are going to... People without hope will do whatever they can to live, but we have hope. And we don't have to take matters into our own hands. We have Jesus. Now, also, I am still me, and I am still God's. Remember what I told you about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? He spoke of them as alive, but not only as alive, but he reiterated his personal relationship with them. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. I wish I could have another conversation with my loved one that passed away. Mom, dad, grandpa, son, daughter, grandchild. I wish I could have another moment with them. I want to encourage you with this. For Christians who have passed on before us, They're okay. They're with Jesus. They're okay. They're okay. They're with Jesus. Jesus has got them. And he loves them more than you ever could. That's good news. Death does not part them from God. Death can part them from us, but not from God. 
And no matter what happens, God will always call us his children because he is a loving father. I remember when this was illustrated with my mother. I'm not going to go into details right now, but there was one time in my life to where I devastated my mother and just shattered her, her world because of foolish things that I did. And I remember she said to me, she said, I can't even look at you right now. That's how shattered she was. That, was, that hit home with me as well. But do you know what? She didn't turn her back on me. She still called me her son. She still loved me. And there was able to be some reconciliation at that time. And we grieve God with our sins. But God doesn't turn away from us. God doesn't turn his back on us. Well, pastor, you don't know the horrific things that I have done. Well, maybe not. But I know who God is. I know who Jesus is. I know what he has promised. And if you are in Christ, if you are born again, he will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what, that's love. That's sacrificial love. And once again, Jesus promised the thief on the cross, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. You're going to be with me. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, you remember when the Apostle Paul was talking about resurrection and at the end of it he said that we who are alive and remaining shall be caught up together with them and so we will always be with the Lord. Jeremy, where are you going to be after the resurrection? I'm going to be with Jesus. Well, where's Jesus going to be? Wherever he is, I'm going to be. I don't know. It doesn't matter where Jesus goes. I'm going to be with him. Where are we going today, Jesus? I'm ready. We have a personal relationship with Jesus, and nothing, not even death, will have power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So here's the next point. How do you attain this resurrection? This resurrection is not earned by us. It must be bestowed upon us. Luke 20, 35, I mentioned it before. It says that you must be counted worthy to take part in that age and in the resurrection from the dead. From God's perspective, you must be counted worthy. So let's find out if you are worthy. Don't raise your hands. Let's find out if you're considered worthy to attain to this resurrection. Have you ever sinned before even once in your entire life? Guess what? You are not worthy to attain resurrection. One sin is enough to consider you not worthy. One sin. One lie, one lustful thought, one sin at all is enough to consider you to be not worthy. That's the bad news. You want to know what the good news is? God's well aware of that. 
God knows that none of us are worthy. And this is where the good news comes in. You are, he knows that we are not worthy, and so therefore, it's not based on works. And I really want to hammer that home because many times we have this mistaken belief that, well, you know, I've been a pretty good guy. I haven't done, I haven't killed anybody. I haven't spent any time in prison. Uh, I'm definitely better than a bunch of other people that I know. So I think that when I get to heaven, God's going to see all that I've done. He's going to see that my good outweighs my bad, and I think God will make exceptions for me because he'll really see that deep down I'm a good person. You ready for this? No. (laughs) doesn't work that way. One sin brings damnation and judgment. The wages of sin is death. When you're working a job and you work all week, I use, you know, sometimes you get paid by the week and they hand you a check. If you work all week, let's say 40 hours, and then on Friday, the boss comes up to you and says, hey, I've got a gift for you. Here you go. And you look at it, and you're like, this isn't a gift. These are my wages. This is what, you des- this is what I deserve. Based upon what I've done all week and the agreement that was made, this is what I deserve to receive. They're my wages. The wages of sin is death. No exceptions. No exceptions. That's the bad news. But the good news is to be counted worthy, you must have perfect righteousness, perfect goodness. In order to to attain to the resurrection, You, it's not a matter of your good outweighing your bad and you coming in at like 50.1%. In order to attain to the resurrection, you have to have 100% righteousness and zero sin. To be counted worthy, you have to get that kind of righteousness. Well, how do you get it? I'm glad you asked. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And not of works, but it is the gift of God to be counted worthy. You must have the righteousness of Christ. You must have His righteousness. John 3.3, Jesus said, you must be born again. The Bible is clear that we cannot earn salvation and our works, according to Isaiah the prophet, our works are nothing more than like filthy rags before God. And Romans 3 tells us that no one is righteous. We cannot attain to the resurrection through our good works. It has to be received. Resurrection, as I mentioned, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it is through great, by grace through faith. Resurrection is granted by God's grace through faith in Christ. And how do you receive it? You ask for it. Did you catch that? Okay, I don't have this righteousness. 
I need this righteousness, so do I need to go through certain rituals in order to get it? Do I need to perform certain things? Do I need to give a certain amount of money? Do I have to say a certain amount of prayers? Do I have to do, just give me the checklist of all the things I have to do in order to receive this righteousness of Christ. Well, the good news is the checklist is, is pretty short because Jesus says, That you must be born again. And you're born again by admitting you're a sinner. I recognize I don't have this righteousness. I have sin. You you confess to God that you're a sinner. You repent. You turn away from it. And you believe that Jesus is the Christ. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You confess your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Jesus said in John 6, 39, This is the will of Him who sent me, that I should lose none of those He has given me, but should raise them up on the last day. When you acknowledge, God, I am a sinner. I need Jesus. Please save me. I have too much sin in my life. I've been living for myself. Please change my heart. Please send me the Holy Spirit to dwell within me. I want to live my life for you. And when I fail, I want you to lift me up. I want to live my life for Jesus because I love him, because he loves me. That's how you receive the resurrection. It's through becoming a Christian. And because Jesus rose from the dead, all those who are in Christ will raise from the dead as well to eternal life. So here's the question for you. What will happen to you when you die? Some of you, you know the answer. Some of you are like, oh yeah, I know when I die, I'm going to be with Jesus. And I can't wait. I'm not necessarily looking for it today, but, but I can't wait because I know that when my time on this earth comes to an end, my eyes are going to be open if I even have eyes at that time. My eyes are going to be open. I'm going to be with Jesus and I'm going to, I'm going to he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I'm going to spend time with him. And I'm, and I'm going to see those who have gone before me. By the way, our church every April has a birthday. And this church is about 117 years old now. It's, I'm, I'm looking forward to where I'm going to go talk to some of the previous pastors. I'm going to be like, tell me about the deacons. Yeah, let me know. What, what were they like? Tell me about what it was like at First Baptist Church of Scott City, of Fornfelt, of Edna. Tell me. I want to know. But most importantly, I'm going to see Jesus. Is that the same for you? If you don't know, maybe this is something that you've been wrestling with. Maybe you're at the place to where you are terrified of dying because you don't know. I'll never forget one time in, uh, in Nashville, 
talk to a guy. What's going to happen? What do you think happens when you die? And his response was, I'm just going to be worm food. That's all he has to look forward to. Worm food. That's depressing. Is that, is that all there is for you? Sometimes these skeptics, they try to present themselves as, as reasonable and wise, and you ask them, what's going to happen when we die? And they're going to be like, that's it. Well, the question is, if that's it, what do you have to live for? Well, next moment of pleasure. You know what? That's a miserable way to live. Bouncing from one temporary moment of pleasure to the next. There's got to be more to life than that. Jesus said, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but is passed from death to life. He also said, those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of judgment. What is heartbreaking, heartbreaking is that there are some that we know, apart from Christ, who will experience the resurrection of judgment. Will you enter into the paradise prepared for you, or will you enter into judgment? If you're not a Christian, I like what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, he's, if you're not a Christian, we plead on Christ's behalf for you. We plead on your behalf. By the way, did you catch that word, plead? We, we beg, we plead, we cry out. And if anybody knows how to do that, just be around a young child when they're hungry or when they want something. They'll give you the definition of what it means to plead you know what I'm talking about. I know. They're crying out. And what are we as Christians cry out to the non-believer? Be reconciled to God before it's too late. Be reconciled to God. Don't wait. Some people say, well, when I'm on my deathbed, I'll get right with God. How many people are guaranteed a deathbed? We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin, that's Jesus, to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. If you are not a Christian, today is a good day to receive eternal life. Soon we'll have a time of invitation. You can come forward at that invitation. You can come to me. I'll turn the microphone off so that not everybody can hear. That's a little preacher thing that we do. We make sure to turn off the microphone when you come forward. And so you can come and talk to me during the time of invitation. You can find me after the service. You can call and let me know, and we can set up a time to meet this week, whenever, wherever it is. The point is... Be reconciled to God. 
and you're, you're fearful of dying because you don't know Jesus. You're, you're living a life that is hopeless because you don't know Jesus. But today is a good day to receive eternal life. Repent of your sin and receive Christ as your Savior. If you are a Christian, rejoice. You can do the Ric Flair woo, woo. Rejoice. Today's a good day. Every Sunday is Resurrection Day. Hallelujah. A day like today is special because this is the Easter Sunday. But you know what? We get to be this joyful all the time, not just today. It's a good day to be alive because Jesus is alive. I love that Dolly Parton version of He's Alive. He's alive! I can't do a Dolly impression, but He's alive! You have received eternal life through Jesus Christ. And once again, that old Gaither hymn, I'm dating myself, I'm saying that old Gaither hymn. I love when he says, and then one day I'll cross that river and I'll fight life's final war with pain. And then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory and I'll know he reigns because he lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent your Son into this world. He lived. He died to pay my pardon. The empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. And the resurrection changes everything. So, Heavenly Father... We recognize that as Christians, we are in a war. And the worst night for a, for a pastor to get a good night's sleep is Saturday night. And Lord, I know that for many of us, we've had sleepless nights lately. Father, we've got our burdens, we've got our cares. We have people that are close to us that are currently hurting. And, and we acknowledge that we can't fix it. We can't take this away from them. But we do know you, and we know that you're good. And we know all your promises. And we claim every one of them. And we're going to do what you love for us to do is we're going to claim your promise to never leave us nor forsake us. And we're going to remind you of it. And we're going to say, Lord, you've promised to be good to me and I know that you will. So, Father, we do pray for healing for those who are, who are hurting, who are sick. We pray, Lord, that you would bring them good health and allow them to be able to come home. Lord, we also pray for those who are weighed down with heavy burdens. Help, help them, Lord, to come to you so that they may, 
that they may see that your burden is easy and your yoke is light and you will give us rest for our souls. Lord, if there is anyone here who's not a Christian, draw them to Jesus. Father, for those of us who are Christians, help us to live a sacrificial life of surrender. We love you. We need you. We praise your holy name. And Jesus' resurrection changes everything. We pray in his name. Amen.